Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 105 and it is Tuesday, January 16, 2018. And I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's up, everybody? Yes, indeed. This is our second episode of the new year. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we got a got a few uh, nerd stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about some uh, things we're looking looking forward to this year, whether it's uh, movies, uh, video games, books, other things that we're looking forward to coming out in the 2K18. We're going to get into that later on, as well as the usual uh, news and headlines and stuff we've we've been up to. Um, we might 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 throw a little bit of a little bit of football talk in there. Speaking of, how are the Dallas Cowboys doing? Oh, <laughs> too soon. You're the you're the worst. You're you're the worst. Right. Now, uh, have they decided on which two teams are making it to the football kingdom? Fifty eight. What you? Why do you act like you know it's called the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's what I said, right? Football fest, whatever it's called. Okay, now you just now you just act. But um, nah, we're down to the last four. Okay, and. Among those last four, are the Patriots among them? Yeah. Gross. Well, I just hope that they don't make it. How about those Cowboys, Kyle? They're in the same predicament as your as your Panthers. Oh, them's fighting words. He started it. Oh well. Well, uh, well, you know, um, I just hope that uh, that Brady's help is on the way. Mm. Indeed, help for who? For for us. How, how so? You got you guys aren't are. You guys are deleted. Draft, no, the draft coming up. Okay, draft. Okay, draft. We're getting some new coaching staff, so help is on the way. Okay, all right. So uh, maybe, yeah, maybe you guys will uh, will uh, make it next year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, well, then again, I don't know if we can invent a time machine, but we'll find out. Uh, yeah. So um. Yeah, just, just just as long as uh, the Patriots don't make it, then we'll be fine. But yeah, uh, here you go, getting them started again. Yeah, yeah, well, you enjoy it, don't you? Oh, trolling Patriots fans. Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. I mean, because like their their uh, love for Tom Brady and all things Belichick is irrational. And you know, when you think about it, you know, the you know we've we've, we've talked about how how controversial you know the the Pats are. And you know how ill, how many of their championships are ill-gotten, you know, with the Flategate, Spygate, Tuckgate, and I didn't know. I mean, not me, not being a football fan, you know, I didn't know that you can actually change the rules in the middle of a game. You can actually, ch- you can actually transform a catch into a fumble magically. Dude, I, they, I, didn't, I didn't know you could do they that. They still don't. The NFL still doesn't know like what a catch is or not. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I've never heard. Of those, I never heard of that phenomenon before. Like, I don't, I don't know of any other team in the NFL that can get away with changing the rules in the middle of a game. But apparently, the Patriots may have, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they have blackmail or dirt on some other franchises. I don't know. But uh, yes, Kyle, uh, I do have hair uh, this time. Um, I've been been growing it out uh, during the uh, winter break, during our two week hiatus, and uh, I've been too lazy to shave. I don't know how you could do that. I I'm in desperate need of a haircut right now. Eh, well, uh, I do not like it going. I do not like my hair growing this far. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a I'm a shave it all off, like maybe by the by this weekend. But I don't know. But um, I was thinking of, I was thinking of rocking a new look, maybe like shave my head and keep the beard. I, I mean, 
mean, whatever float, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, you know, this is something, something new. I call it the Uncle Phil look. But uh, <laughs> Uncle, Phil, Uncle Phil wasn't completely bald though. Oh no, that's right. No, he, he had the whole horseshoe thing going. So I if you want to do that, then oh yeah, no, no. my guess. Oh no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, see what what uh, what 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 goes on in football slam. But uh, yeah. But yeah, Carl, uh, let's talk to the people. Talk to the good people of the Codex Nation. What have you been up to this past week? Codex Nation, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. Uh, <laughs> he really is writing it down, by the way. He's not even, play- he's not even playing. Um, Living Single is on Hulu. Yes. Like, mm. in... I've been having the time of my life um, watching that. Even though I'll probably only watch, what, the first... Uh, first episode yeah like the first few episodes mm. you know what's funny like the first first few episodes like they use the same set on family matters yeah really the first episode yeah like l- watch the first episode like it's the I, same I'm... set the same house set from the family matters living room yeah you know what it is yeah you no know, like with a slightly different paint job yeah that's okay that's what that that's what threw me off yeah but um yeah wow but that, I mean, Living Single was such a good show. And now mm. that I'm older, I can understand the jokes more. Yep. Yes. Yeah, but um, I will have to say this, though. Regine was lust. Mm-hmm. But Sinclair was wifey. Oh, yes. Yes, she was. I used to have a mad crutch on Sinclair, I did, too. James. Yeah. I did, too. And it's like, yo, Overton and Sinclair was probably one of the most unappreciated couples, black couples, like, ever. Oh yeah! Like everybody, yeah. you know, get they get you know Martin and Gina, um, what is it Cliff and Claire, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle <coughs> Phil, Uncle Phil and uh, Aunt Viv, you know, yep. like all the you know all those couples, but you never really hear about Overton and Sinclair. Yeah, that's and that's and that's too bad because they were such an adorable couple. They were because they were both like naive, kind of you know. Kind of dunce, but it's like you still, they were still like, they still had that great chemistry together. Yeah. The, and, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't go so far as to call them dunces. They were more like, they were more like wholesome, more like, you know, yeah. more like homespun. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then not to mention, you know, I'm watching TC Carson, you know, playing Kyle, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you're no longer Kyle. Yeah. You're Kratos. Yep, Kratos from God of War. Yeah, that's what you are. And you said he's not even playing. He's not doing the voice of Kratos in this new one coming out. Right. Um, it's a new actor. I think his name is Christopher Judge. I believe. D Mob from Def Jam Vendetta. Yeah, and oh, Fight okay. for New York. Yeah, he was also on Stargate SG One. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still gotta put. I still gotta put a face with the, a face with the, uh, with the voice and all that. Yeah. Um. Let me see what else. I've been continuing my MCU week. You know, the week by week with. The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Yep. Okay. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I've only watched that movie once in theaters. Does it still hold up? No, not really. No, okay. But it's like it helps. Te- it helps you know keep the story along. You know, it's still in the beginning. It was the beginning stages. So now I got to try to find Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was kind of upset that I didn't have a post credit scene. Yeah. Small detail, but it didn't. But then. 
also like you can watch the the battle between the Hulk and the Abomination mm-hmm. in Harlem, which and which you later learn that Ben Urich wrote an article about mm-hmm. in uh, Daredevil season one. Oh wow! It's actually yeah. If you actually go back and if you actually watch Daredevil season one, yeah. you can see his um, you can see like some of the articles that he's written. Yeah. And you know, one of them was the Battle of New York, or what they call in the Netflix series the Incident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you can also see that he had an article written about that about that battle in Harlem between the Hulk and the, and the Abomination. Oh, okay. Oh, right on. That's a nice nice attention to, to detail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotta love them Easter eggs. So yeah, yeah, I'm you know so that's why I just finished. Uh, kind of took me all week to watch that. Mm crazy week and then today i downloaded um the street the original streets of rage game for ios nice same game Mm -hmm. but the only thing the only my only beef with it is like okay your finger kind of slips off because your 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 hand gets a little sweaty because you're playing it so yeah. When you're trying to when you're trying to control the guy, like everything's on, you know, obviously everything is on a screen. Yeah. So your hands kind of get all sweaty, and you kind your hand kind of slips. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gets hard, and then you end up losing lives and all that and whatever. And then in between, um, in between stages, you have ads. Yeah. You can pay for an ad free experience, mm-hmm. but uh, nobody pays for. No. Nobody pay. Nobody spends money on like. Apps and everything, like they'll buy a hundred dollars, like two hundred dollar pairs of Jordans, mm-hmm. but yet you they'll look at an app that costs like two bucks and they're like, hell no, yeah, yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and it's like micro transitions and oh, transactions, transactions, I yeah, said transitions. What the hell is going on with me? <laughs> micro transactions, man, they're the bane of gaming existence nowadays, yeah, so um. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're a retro gamer, mm-hmm. get it. Word. Still fun, but play it up. Play it when you're connected to Wi-Fi. Okay. Instead of you know playing it, you know what you know, waste your day and um waste your data. Mm-hmm. So. Indeed. Yeah. Well, that's it on my end. Okay. Oh, and I just picked up Saga Volume Eight, so I'm really nice. looking for and the Return of the Dark Phoenix. Oh, okay. So I'm really looking forward to reading those. That's what's up. So and all that. I'm still playing my Horizon Zero Dawn and going crazy mm-hmm. at this one section. I really just forgot the name of it. I just told you about it before. Yeah, it was like a city of sun. city of the sun. City of the sun. Yeah, I'm freaking going crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. That that section is actually kind of tough. Um, like I said, stock up on. You can actually leave that area. Um, stock up on fire arrows. Stock up on explosive arrows, and that'll help you out a great deal. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. So, anything else? No, nah, that's pretty much it. How about the, how about you? Oh uh, well, as for me, uh, this being Tuesday, uh, Tuesday is when you see all the newest uh, Blu-ray releases. So, I went to Best Buy, and fortunately, I got the last remaining steelbook copy of of blade runner 2049 my number one favorite film of 2017 and i went to best buy and seekonk and to my luck they had the last remaining copy on their shelf and this is a phenomenal film i've talked about it at length on this podcast i can't wait to luxuriate in its visual splendor one more time um 
Yeah. Luxuriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. it's it, it's a visual, it's a sumptuous visual feast right here. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna leave that right there. Oh yes, it's my baby. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you had, get, you had to get the fanciest of packaging. Oh, of course. I mean, like in I, one I, shot. Absolutely. Because you would buy the regular DVD. Well, no. And then if you just happen to get your hands on a steel book, you would still get that. Yeah. I mean, I've done you, that I've I've done that for like what, three other movies. You've done that plenty of times. Uh, just just three. Let me see. I did it for the Deadpool. And I have your regular Blu-ray copy of Deadpool. Yep. Uh The Martian. I have your regular copy of The Martian. <laughs> and uh The Revenant. I have your regular <laughs> copy of The Revenant. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um um, I was tempted to get the Steelbook of Get Out when they had it, but I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm sure it probably has more, like, probably would have answered all your Easter eggs. Nah, it's the exact same uh, copy as, like, the regular edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a fancier package. But, um, but yeah, you know what? I will, I will say that with Best Buy, I'm going to have to start pre-ordering their, blue, their, their uh, Steelbooks from now on because, like, they always have, like, a shortage of, uh, of some hot popular releases like for for example last week uh was it they released it mm-hmm. and the steelbook edition was completely gone so did you plan on getting that i was kind of i was kind of like ambivalent on it i mean because i like the movie but I'll, I'll probably wait for chapter two to come out and then wait and then wait to get like the two-in-one like package you know because i want to see how they resolve it in chapter two and when it comes out like 2019 or so but uh but yeah that's what i got right there uh blade runner 2049 um, I also watched uh, a few movies uh, this past weekend. Three movies, in fact. Two in the theaters, one on Netflix. All right. uh, one movie that I that I did check out uh, last Friday was uh, Taraji P. Henson's latest movie, Proud Mary. Okay, yeah. How how was that? Um, Proud Mary. It has elements that makes me want to like it more than I did, but at the end, I thought it was half baked. I thought it was a half-baked movie. It's not completely terrible, but um, I thought that the movie could have used a, a, a lot more development because like, the, the, the elements of a good movie are there. Like For example, Taraji P. Henson, she was great as the main character. Mm-hmm. Like She's a total badass. Like, like she, she hits headshots like, a, like John Wick does. Like She's like going around like laying waste to dudes like left and right like it's nothing. And she can rock an action scene like nobody's business. So on that wise, I would love to see Taraji Panson in more action films. Um, but, uh, but, the, but the story itself was kind of, you know, it was kind of like, you know, half-baked, I think. I thought like it's basically like her, she, she takes in this, 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 this young boy who turns out to be a complete shithead. And like she, because like in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the film, she assassinates this one dude, the, well, the boy's father, walks, just strolls up, strolls up into his kitchen and is like, he's on a phone and she's like, oh wait, don't answer that. Phew, headshot. She did it? Yeah, she did that. Nice. And um and then uh then the kid um fast forwards like a year later the kid like he's like uh, underneath the thumb of some local uh, crime boss in Boston and he's like running drugs for the for the for the guy and then like um he escapes and then he's beaten beaten down left for dead so Taraji Panson's character Mary takes takes him in and you know like this they develop a bond even though like the kid's a, a total shithead for the, most of the film he's like very obnoxious how old is the kid I think he's like. 13, 14. Oh, okay. Right. 
That's pretty shit. That's shithead age. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I mean, I thought, I thought, like I said, like, um, like, the, like the climactic action scene, uh, at the end was, was halfway decent. Um, I thought the movie, um, it's, it's basically a, a, a completely standard boilerplate and predictable crime, crime drama. Mm-hmm. So there's no real surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is definitely the definition of a Netflix movie or, or a Redbox movie. Like just, just watch, just rent it if you have nothing else to do and then forget about it like 30 minutes later. Um, but like I said, um, it's, it's not worth seeing in theaters, but if you were to catch it on Netflix and eh, some, you know, there are worse ways to spend a lazy weekend. Now, would you, have, would you say like, Hey, you're just out and about and be like, Oh, let's just catch a movie. Oh, let's go see proud Mary. Yeah. I'd say like, that's fine. If like, if you go in the, in the daytime, like I, I wouldn't spend like, you know, evening prices for like 1250. No, but like going like a Tuesday bargain Tuesday, yeah. you know, save a little bit of money. Like, man, why not? You know, then you go out to eat afterwards. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it was cool seeing Danny Glover in a movie playing a villain. So he was in there. Yeah, he plays the playing main a villain. Yeah, he plays like the main villain who's uh, you know, trying to keep uh, Proud Mary down you know, underneath his thralls. Like, oh, you can never leave the family. Was he too old for that shit? Um, you know, it would it would have been funny if he cracked a line like that. You know, but he he kind of played it straight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh. Uh, Billy Brown plays his son. He's uh, he's in the show How to Get Away Get Away with Murder. All right. And see, and watching him in that movie, it kind of reminded me that I need to get back to watch the third season because I've I watched the first two seasons of that show. It's a really good show, by the way. I gotta get I gotta get back on that horse. So heard. Yeah. So th- thankfully, it's on Hulu. Kyle just said he's watching The Gifted. I want to get back into watching that too because I know the first season is done. Yeah, I heard The Gifted is good. I'm a, I'm gonna have to check that out. So yeah, I watched that. Um, I also watched an excellent movie uh, in theaters. It just came out in Rhode Island. It's called The Post. And The Post is uh, Steven Spielberg's latest film. It stars Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Bob Odenkirk, Bruce Greenwood, Sarah Paulson, Jesse Plemons. Um, and this movie, it's a true story about the, uh, un- about the, expo- the expose of the Pentagon Papers in mm-hmm. the early 70s. Um, it's about this, uh, the Washington Post and their attempts to uh, publish the, the Pentagon Papers, which exposed uh, the Nixon administration's the whole uh, Watergate scandal. Uh, not the Watergate scandal. Oh. Exposed the, the Vietnam War and and like not only the Nixon administration but past administrations as well. And that like you know basically like past presidents have lied to the American public that oh we're winning Vietnam and, to, and the reality was like we weren't. Yeah. We were just sending sending uh, young men to die for nothing really. And so the Pentagon Papers exposed that. And so um, the movie, uh, Tom Hanks, he plays Ben Bradley, who is one of the uh, head uh, reporters of the Washington Post. Oh, okay. I think I, I think I came across a trailer for that. Yep. And Meryl Streep plays Kay Graham, yep. who is like the, the owner uh, of, the, of the newspaper. And the, and the film was excellent. Um, this was an excellent uh, journalistic um, uh, true life story. Um, great performances all around. Um, I really liked it. W- it was dialogue driven, but it was shot very well by a Steven Spielberg's longtime cinematographer, Yanis Kaminsky. Um, so it nails that uh, early early seventies period down pat. 
Um, it's a very timely movie because like it shows like the hard work of that journalists do to 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 get the truth out to speak truth to power, unlike unlike orange fuckfaces who talk about fake news, fake news media. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you something okay, right now. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Really let, me, let me tell you something right now because journal because real journalists this as as this, as the post shows real journalists bust their ass to expose the truth to to get the truth out there to the public to 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 tell us what we need to know. Fake news does not constitute stories that you don't like or stories that, you know, portray you in a bad light, however accurately it may be. So for so, so for certain people out there trying to discredit journalists, legitimate journalists, trying to discredit people who are trying to legitimately put the news out there, y'all can go fuck yourselves, all right? Because real journalists are here to stay. You cannot, the, the, the truth shall set you free. You cannot squelch the First Amendment. You cannot squelch the power of the press. Power to the people. Stay woke, y'all. So, yeah. You done? Uh, yeah, I'm done. So, yeah. God, uh, I so much. <laughs> I really do. So, yeah. Um, the Post, like I said, it's an excellent film. Um, uh, Steven Spielberg's latest film. Um, it's actually, it's actually um, a film that he was, he actually, he actually completed in during the post production of Ready Player One, which comes out in March. So I really need to finish that book, and I haven't been bringing it to work. Be like, all right, I'm gonna get, at least try to get a chapter a day, and nope, it's not happening. Eh, I mean, you can watch the movie. I mean, the book. I mean, you know how I feel about I re- the book. Yeah, so. I do, definitely do. But I just like <laughs> Nick Retrieve's like word. He gave you the finish. <laughs> right on. <laughs> and, um, but it's like it's still good to like just say, hey, I read the book, and you can always have that good compare have that comparison between the book and the movie. Oh yeah, right on. Yeah. So um so yeah uh, ch- I highly recommend uh checking out The Post it's an excellent film uh great performances great writing um great directing by Steven Spielberg definitely one of his best um like I said a very timely film you, check it out what would you say is your fa- what, what is your favorite Steven Spielberg film ooh that's a great question favorite Steven Spielberg oh man like the, the, you can make it the, you can make the case for so many um if I had to if I had to pick a favorite, I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean, there's Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. uh, there's Jaws, The Color Purple, um, E.T. E.T. Damn, I'd probably say E.T. is my favorite one. Close Encounters of the Third. He did that one, right? Yeah, he did. Um, favorite Spielberg film? I'll probably go with uh, Saving Private Ryan, um, or Schindler's List. Schindler's List was good. Yeah. That was a good one. Yep. Oh, and of course Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um The Lost World, eh, not so much. But um but yeah. Did uh, he do part three? No, he didn't do part three. That was uh Joe Johnston. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, um check out the post. And uh last movie I watched, real quick recommendation. It is on Netflix. It's a movie that came out in twenty fifteen. It's called Turbo Kid. You're like grinning ear to ear for, about that one. You're looking at me like, am I supposed to? Yo, Turbo Kid is a really cool movie. It's directed by a. It's a. It's this uh, post-apocalyptic uh, science fiction story. Um, it's basically where basically the world ended in the 1980s. So there's like a whole bunch of like 80s leftover culture, and down to the soundtrack, which is like synthesizer heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by three filmmakers: uh, Francois Samard, Anouk Wissel, and Joanne Carl Wissel. And uh, the film follows the adventures of this un- this 
the kid who calls himself Turbo Kid is after who's named after this comic book character, right. and um, he's he's living in the wastelands. He's living by himself, and um, and it takes place in the post-apocalyptic future of ni- 1997. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that so yeah, basically like the world ended in the 80s, and that's where we're at. Okay. And so uh, he he teams up with this mysterious girl named Apple, who he runs into in the wastelands, and they're um, trying to defeat the. Um, I like how you said that, by the way. The post-apocalyptic world of 1997. Yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, they're trying to stop this uh this this evil uh, wasteland warlord named Zeus, played by Michael Ironside. Um, um, have you, Michael Ironside? Uh, he you've probably seen him in Starship Troopers. He was like a guy with the iron hand. He was also the voice of Sam Fisher in, in the Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell games. Um, yeah, the Turbo Kid was really cool. Um, it was gratuitously gory, though. It was gratuitously violent. Like I didn't expect that from this film, but it was so glorious because like every time Turbo Kid uses like hand cannon, which is basically a, a Nintendo Power Glove repurposed, <laughs> and he would blast people with his laser. Uh, like like people would ex- enemies would explode in like a complete gory mass of like red pulp and you can just hear like that watermelon sound like getting switched like and like um it's just like you see limbs flying entrails flying you see like heads exploding guts flying all over the place and this movie is just gleefully gratuitously violent but it's just so entertaining and it's like a, a completely silly ass movie and it was so much fun it's a fun movie okay a fun movie that definitely earns like an r rating and it's it's on Netflix. It's one of those movies that you should definitely check out if you're in a mood for something fun, something something violent, and something something that's actually oddly heart heartwarming in its own right too. Um, okay, I, I'm looking up. I'm looking up uh, Michael Ironside's filmography. Yeah. Well, I remember him as as far as from his very short role in Major Pain. Uh-huh. As Alex Stone's step stepfather, abusive stepfather. Yeah, he was in that. <laughs> that was him. That was him. So yeah. Uh, so and Michael Ironside, he was just hilarious as the main villain. Um, he's just a, he's just a complete dick, and he just you could tell he's just having fun with this role. He's just relishing being the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some of the stuff that he pulls off is just so heinous. It's like, I think like a lot of actors just enjoy being the villain more than. Being an being the antagonist, yeah, because I think that as a villain, being protagonist, excuse me, yeah, because as the antagonist or the villain, you get away with a lot more. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's like I say, it's the same reason why like most wrestlers enjoy being the heel. heel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely recommend Turbo Kid. It's on Netflix if you're in the mood for something fun, violent, and heartwarming at the same time with a cool '80s throwback synthesizer soundtrack. Be all, just be all in. It's, it's a it's a great popcorn munching time. <laughs> That's something I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, the man. whole popcorn munching, vulva rubbing, yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah, popcorn munching, mouth breathing, masturbating, book hating, school bunking, fast foodie in. Um, You're adding stuff now. It wasn't all that before. Well, I, I did add those things when we were, when we were reviewing uh, the Fate of the Furious last <laughs> last May. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I gotta get I gotta get that formally written down and put it on a T-shirt. That that is a nice T-shirt idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've I've been up to. Um, so yeah, that that kind of does it for what I've been up to, and then we're gonna segue 
into our uh, news and head news and items this week. Got some interesting stuff to talk about. Right. Uh, a couple of uh, wrestling headlines. First of all, first of all, as as was announced at last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, Bill Goldberg is going to be headlining the 2018 Hall of Fame class. All right, there's your headliner. Yep. Now they're going to go with their traditional pattern, which is okay. There's usually that a headliner. Mm-hmm. Uh. Somebody who's dead. Yep. A woman. Mm-hmm. The warrior word. Yep. Um, somebody who has to do with like the territory that they were. Yeah. An old, old school yeah. dude. And one of Triple H's friends. <laughs> True. Oh, and also the celebrity uh induction. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a celebrity last year? Um no, it wasn't Snoop Dogg. That was the year before. Yeah, Snoop was the year before. That was Texas. Uh, Mr. T. Um, yeah, we got to look that up. I forgot who the celebrity induction was last year. Uh, but yes, uh, Bill Goldberg is going to be the headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. He's the uh, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and former WWE Universal Champion. He'll be inducted on Friday, April 6th at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, Louisiana on WrestleMania 34 weekend. Uh, Goldberg made his in-ring debut in September 97. Damn, 19 years ago. No, they didn't no. have one for that. They didn't have one this, for this past year. Oh, no, really? No, Snoop was the last one. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, he made his he made his in ring debut twenty years ago, well, 20, almost twenty one years ago, and he went on to have a have a build undefeated streak of one hundred and seventy three wins, zero losses. I remember. I actually remember Starcade ninety nine. Now it was not ninety eight. Was it ninety eight? Yeah, it was Starcade ninety eight. Yeah, it was him and Kevin Nash. Ugh. And Scott Hall had to tease him. Just <laughs> yeah, he hit him with a cattle prod. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin Nash broke the streak, won it that way. And then next night was the finger poke of doom. I didn't remember. I was so upset. I'm like, that's how they did it? Like, you could have had a cleaner finish than that. Yeah. Man. It was WCW. Oh, yeah. Yeah, WCW's dying days. But I wouldn't uh, wouldn't even consider it his dying days. Like, they were hanging on. Oh, yeah, they were. But they were losing the Monday Night Raiders. Yeah, they had lost by They were losing by then. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Big ups to Bill Goldberg. Well-deserved. Um, I do predict that the posthumous induction, now that you mentioned the the posthumous induction, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, yeah. I think I already said. Somehow, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame nominees always get like, not nom- yeah, the, the selections kind of get leaked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow, which he, which is rightfully earned. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, I just want to see Brian, I want to see Brian Pillman get in there. Oh, yeah. But without a doubt. But I will say that um, with the Hall of Fame, I don't think for the for the for the WWE Hall of Fame to be completely legitimate, in my opinion, two things has to happen. One, they have to have an actual voting body. It can't just be boiled down to like who Vince McMahon wants in there. Correct. And also, they have to have an actual Hall of Fame facility. Last I checked, they were working on it. I haven't haven't heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it would be so dope if they did. <laughs> like. Yeah, like somewhere like Connecticut, New York, somewhere on the East yeah, Coast. Connecticut, New York, or Florida. Everything else is in Florida, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a cool addition, like right there at the Performance Center. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, man. I mean, we got to see an actual Hall of Fame. I would visit it. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's that. So that's the good news for um for wrestling. We got some bad news too on the wrestling front. Uh, Paige is likely to retire due to an in career ending in ring injury. Uh, Paige suffered an injury in a match during a December 28th house show in Uniondale, Uniondale, New York, in a match against Sasha Banks and others. Uh, it was initially believed that she suffered a stinger when Sasha Banks kicked her in the back, but further testing revealed that. Uh, her injury was way worse than expected. Uh, WWE doctors will not allow Paige to return to in-ring competition as a result, which means that her wrestling career in WWE is likely at an end. Her in-ring, at least. I think they're going to have her do some like out-of-the-ring stuff. Yeah, like... On-screen, yeah, just some regular on-screen, but yeah, not in-ring... Com- not in-ring stuff. Yeah, she'll probably be like a manager or a mouthpiece for Absolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which kind of this is bad timing because Paige returned to the WWE last November. Exactly, it was yeah, a few months. Yeah, and she had, had a total of about a good five matches, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm over exaggerating. I don't know the exaggerating. I don't know the exact number, but still, it's still unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, and she was coming off a 17 month absence from from neck surgery, and then she had all that controversial stuff with Del Rio and yeah. the, the sex tape being leaked. The rampage. Yeah, man. Like, and and also too, like, you know, she she has, you know, she has previously been diagnosed with scoliosis, and she right. actually admitted as much on the Steve Austin show, where she admitted that her spinal cord is basically shaped like a question mark. Right. So in that wise, like, her in ring career was always on borrowed time from the moment she started. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, brave of her to wrestle with that kind of condition. Yeah, it's still, it's still just unfortunate. Oh, absolutely. You know, because, you know, when you think about it, she was the first NXT Women's Champion. Right. Uh, the first uh, Women's Champion from NXT to win, to hold both the NXT and Divas Championships at the same time. And, uh, yeah, she's already accomplished quite a bit. But um, hopefully she'll, uh, you know, hopefully she'll have, hopefully she'll be cleared for, like, at least one more match or at least be an effective mouthpiece. You know, because she's, she's talented. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, swinging back to an, to our final wrestling headline this week, uh, Ricochet has signed with the WWE, and he'll be appearing on NXT eventually. Yeah, that's going to be so dope. Uh, it's I just hope they do right by him. I mean, if he's going to be NXT, then, you know, he'll get some good, like he'll have some high-quality matches. Just that, oh, yeah. You know, eventually when he makes it to the main roster. Yeah, when he gets I'm scared. Yeah, when he gets demoted to the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, because can you imagine Ricochet wasting away on 205 Live? Uh, and then if he has to job to Enzo Amore, the human trash can, <laughs> that's depressing to think about, man. I was thinking about going to 205 Live this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, but tickets are like 70 bucks each. Yeah, that's way too much. That It is. Yeah, so hey, best of luck to Ricochet. I mean, hopefully we'll get some quality matches from him from NXT. I love the talent that 205 Live has. I'm just not I'm not fond of the way it's being booked. Yeah, absolutely. No, me neither. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that they're the the town's glad that they're getting that exposure and that payday, but that exposure is not really worth it when you know, when you're booked poorly. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm gunning for Ced- I'm gunning for Cedric to win it at the Rumble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't be surprised if they have like Enzo Mora like keep it for like a long I, time. Yeah, because I would really like to see like Cedric Alexander go against Hideo Itami. Yeah, that would be a 
the hot match. Yes. Yeah, if, if they let them do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that for wrestling news. Um, on the movie front, uh, Fox Fox actually bumped up the, the release date of Deadpool 2 while delaying two other Marvel films. Uh, Deadpool 2 has been pushed forward to May 18th, which is two weeks ahead of its original release date of June 1st. So the May 18th release date of Deadpool 2 places it two weeks after Avengers Infinity War and one week before Solo, A Star Wars Story. So we're basically going to be in the movies three weeks in a row. But that's not new. That's nothing new to you. Oh, no. I got movie pass, so I'm good. Yeah, good. Yeah. So that's the good news. We got some unfortunate news on that front because the two other Marvel films that have been delayed includes Channing, includes Channing Tatum's Gambit film, which has been pushed back to June 7th, 2019, which is four months behind its original release date of February 14th, 2019. And also uh, Gore Verbinski, who was originally going to direct the film, uh, he has left the project, which makes him the third director to leave the Gambit film. Just trash the Gambit movie. Yeah. Because, uh, first of all, I'm still not on board with Channing Tatum. Mm, yeah. I mean, he's a good he, actor, but as Gambit, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's just... A, it's just Everybody loves Channing Tatum. Why yeah. not cast him? That's it. He's just a, he's just a pretty face that they can get. Well, I think he's he's definitely got more talent than you give him credit for. I mean, let's not let uh, Magic Mike fool you. I mean, he's a good <laughs> I never, actor. I've never seen Magic Mike. Me neither. Um, it kind of took you a while to answer that. I, I no really. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> I mean, he he is a good actor. I mean, I'm pretty sure he could be a, do a good job as Gambit. But the fact that we have three filmmakers that have left the pr- production, yeah, something they don't, something ain't, something ain't right. Yeah, I mean, first you had Rupert Wyatt who directed Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. and then you had Doug Liman who was going to direct, who directed uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, okay, yeah, yep. with Tom Cruise. Right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he left too. Now Gore Verbinski. This is not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Mm-hmm. And um, some other and and the second uh, Marvel film that has been delayed, which annoys me as to no end, is the New Mutants. Uh, the New Mutants was originally slated for April thirteenth of this year, but it has been pushed back to February twenty second of next year. Why so late though? I have no idea. I mean. That's a huge jump. It is, and it, for, it looks like the film is a whole year been... late. Pretty much a whole year later. Yeah, I mean, I mean, usually if a if a film's delayed that that much, it's usually it's usually a sign of the movie's not very good, and they want to do some reshoots. But like, the movie looks it looks. I was I was all, I was psyched to watch it. Yeah, it, it was so, yeah, it was something different. It was something different. It's a horror. Uh, an X-Men movie that's a horror movie? Yeah. That's something different that I'm like, you know what? Why not? Yeah. And, you and then Macy Williams is in it. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. Arya Stark. That's my girl. Yeah. And also, like, the new mutants being delayed to next February, like, it's not a good sign because, again, this this brings up a major concern of mine with Disney buying out Fox. Right. In that, you know... What if what if New Mutants because it's rated R? What if they want to sanitize it to a PG thirteen rating, or or this is a sign of or um, them wanting to like homogenize all of their Marvel cinematic content, where we, where you have the X Men films, then which have the same visual style, the same unmemorable scores, the same safe flavor, same safe tone. Wait, 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 wait. One thing you say unmemorable score. The Avengers theme is pretty memorable. That's the only one. I'm okay with that. 
do you necessarily need like every song to be memorable? No, like like um, you know the you know the Superman theme. Yeah. Do you remember every other theme? Every other song from that movie? Well, not from necessarily. Okay. The Batman. You got the Batman theme. Mm-hmm. All right, but do you remember every other theme minus the minus Prince doing the soundtrack? Actually, I kind of do. Yeah, Danny Elfman's score is really good. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it is. No, di- I'm not trying to discredit him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Okay, yeah, Star Wars. You got the you know the main theme and Imperial March. Those are the ones that you really hear the most. Yeah. The oh, whole- and then the the bar scene. That yeah, the cantina scene. Yeah. Can't yeah, cantina scene. So it's like. Okay, you have like three from them oh, that no, you the, pop that you hear more majority of the time. Oh no, the entirety of the Star Wars of, of the Star Wars scores by John Williams, they're all memorable. Well, except Rogue One. You can eh. I don't know, maybe it's just me because I don't pay attention, pay well, that much to the music. Well the thing is, is that like sometimes you just only need just one song. Not necessarily because like a uh, a film score it actually adds to the mood. And no, the yeah, correct. No, I correct, and I would not disagree. I would do not disagree, but it's just that I don't think you need to like. Though I just don't think the entire film score just needs to be memorable. I mean, maybe like a song or two. I mean, that's I mean that's that's your view. Um, I mean, I mean a, a score could be serviceable, but. Not to the point where it's like totally bland, where you take we could take it out of the movie and it and nothing would be missed. I mean, because when you look at like say Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight films, awesome scores, for example. But you know, I don't remember not one song. Well, because because you're you're you, Carl. But what's <laughs> that uh, supposed to mean? <laughs> like it just you know it really did. well because we, we we watch movies in two different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you know, the film aficionado. Like you <laughs> like you have to study the entire thing. More or less me and with me, I, you know, go for like story, cer- certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Now I don't really need to like to like review and study the entire film. I actually want to take time to at least enjoy it. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, tomato, tomato. I mean, we'll we'll agree to yeah. disagree. Yeah, that's pretty much where this yeah. case, where this argument's going. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, I'm just saying that, like, you know, the, the delay of the new mutants, it doesn't bode well for me. You know, it's it's, it's a it's a sign of things to come, uh, as far as like D- like Disney owning Fox. So, you know, I just hope that you know, I just hope that I'm wrong on this one. But you know, knowing Disney. They're buying up everything, and you know it's it's not a good look in the long run. Um, yeah, the People's Republic of Disney is coming. I know, man. Shit, that's just horrible. Um, we've got some other news here. They can probably run a country better than what's his face. Oh yeah, they can run a country better than the Orange. Okay. What's it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've got some other news here. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he's actually going to produce and curate the Black Panther soundtrack. Jesus Christ, this movie. It, like, it just, like, everything about this movie just keeps getting better and better mm-hmm. and better. Absolutely. Yo, I mean, yo, yo, Marvel, like, they're doing it's it. It's just, it, it's for the culture. They're, they're doing it for the culture. And you know? just like, why why did they take that wrong turn with Aladdin? I mean, obviously Disney's behind it, but it's like, mm-hmm. why did y'all mess up with Aladdin? Y'all got some great momentum going with Black Panther. Why did y'all mess that Aladdin up like that? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it, it, to be fair, that they were just browning up extras, but still, yeah, it is a bad look. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, the the soundtrack is actually shaping up. There's there's two songs, um, one with Kendrick Lamar and SZA called "All the Stars," which is a pretty cool track, as well as the other track "King's Dead" featuring Lamar, Future, and James Blake, mm-hmm. um, produced by J Rock. Uh, the soundtrack actually comes out February 9th, which is one week before the, the theatrical release of Black Panther. So hey, looking mm. for looking forward to it. I'm hoping that Black Panther. You know, takes some chances narratively and doesn't go the safe, predictable route that many of the MCU films go. Even if that movie's garbage, I think I think the black community is still gonna stand behind it. You know, it's like you don't see none of the same energy with Cyborg. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Cyborg's just eh, eh. like, yeah, okay, Cyborg. Yeah, that's cool. I guess. I mean, but Black Panther, man. I mean, I, I predict it's gonna they're gonna do well. I mean, you got Ryan Coogler directing, you got Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. uh, Denai Gur. I say Gira. Gira, yep, Denai but Gira. I'm sure, I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the film, the film has all the tools. I mean, but I will say though. I, I did see that meme, like if Black Panther was garbage, we'll defend it to our last breath. Not me. Oh, of not course me. you would. I'm not. I'm not gonna give black films a pass just because we're black. I mean, if a film's garbage, I'm gonna have to call it out. Case in point, you know, like Tyler Perry movies or like Shazam. Oh, not Shazam. Steel or or Steel. or a uh, Blank Man or uh, what's that movie that Robert Thompson Blank Man. In? Blank Man was just fun. <laughs> Blank Man was just was just a goofy slapstick comedy. So that's like literally what it was. It wasn't meant. It that movie was not meant for the stick up the ass critics. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it really wasn't meant for that. Yeah, but I mean, back back in the nineties, man, we came a long way as far as black we audiences did. go. Like we, we we were starving for some black superheroes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you think of Meteor Man? Meteor Man, there it is. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Speaking of black, super- you kind of can't help but laugh when you just say Meteor Man. <laughs> True. But yeah, speaking of black superheroes, tonight on the CW, 9 p.m., Black Lightning, premiere episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They didn't mention it. Yep, I will catch that for sure. Um, some other news here. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's he's actually cast in Quentin Tarantino's Charles Manson film coming out 2019. Uh, this will be DiCaprio's second collaboration with Tarantino following uh, 2012's Django Unchained. Uh is he gonna play Charles Manson? Uh, no, uh, DiCaprio will not play Charles Manson. He's playing some aging actor. Um, I guess like uh, involved somehow involved in the Sharon Tate murders. Oh, okay. um, although uh, uh, DiCaprio, uh, not DiCaprio, Quentin Tarantino wants to cast Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. Tate. Yeah, but who for Charles Manson? Though? That's a good question. I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, I was gonna say Will Poulter. Um, Will Poulter like, give him some long hair because he has the eyebrows and he and he could play a, a complete hateful racist d bag to no end, like <laughs> as demonstrated in, in Detroit. Um, I always say the father from This Is Us, my oh god, Milo. My, it's actually Milo. Milo, Ventum something or other. I, mean, I know his last name. Yeah, Ventimiglia. Odds are, I know I'm saying this right. I want a Heroes for Hire film at some point. Luke and Fist together. Can Marvel make a film with Netflix making the shows? Or is that a Sony Spider-Man? That could work as a Netflix movie. Yeah. Heroes for Hire. Yeah, it could. Yeah, and actually, it actually could make Iron Fist tolerable. More tolerable. Yeah. I was going to say, he's, he's slightly, he slightly grew in Defenders. Slightly. 
Yeah. Like he's a he's a much better co-star mm-hmm. than an actual star. True. But like I said, but like I said before, Iron Fist is getting a whole new team. Mm-hmm. So yep, I did see there's that. plenty of room for improvement. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the first season was trash. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I watched three episodes of it and I was done. I understand. Yeah, I, I've came, I've come to terms with it because you know me. I try to see the good mm-hmm. in that situation, and me, I was just more excited because I didn't really know anything about Iron Fist. Yeah, so that was my my way to learn about him. Yeah, but, it's, but you're right, especially like out of all with the track with the track that um the track in that Netflix that Marvel that the Netflix has with their Marvel series. Yeah, that was a downer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, also got a couple headlines here. Uh, the John Wick TV series, The Continental, will be airing on Stars. So, The Continental is a thing. Uh, Chris Collins, who uh, was the uh, producer for Man in the High Castle, he will be the showrunner and writer of the TV series. Uh, Chad Stileski, who was the uh, director of John Wick Chapter 2 and the co-director of the first John Wick, he'll be directing the premiere episode. Uh, the series will coexist side-by-side side with the main John Wick films starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, the series will likely de- debut in 20- 2019, but no release date has officially been announced yet. I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, because the John Wick universe, it's actually really dope. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen the films yet? I started to, I started to, fell asleep, and I haven't had a chance to do it yet. I oh know, my the god, worst. man! I'm the worst. I am the worst. You can't fall asleep on John Wick. Yo, John Wick is literally the that was the only chance I had, and I'm like, all right, John Wick, I'm gonna try to stay up for it. Mm-hmm. And I hit that comfort spot. I, I turn, when I, once I turned to my side, that's my comfort, and I was gone. Damn, man. Yo, yo, watch John Wick again. And then watch John Wick chapter chapter two right after. <sighs> action. Greatness. It picks up right after. Oh yes, yes it does. Oh okay. Yep, it's action gloriousness. Like oh my gosh, yo, my body tingles at watching John Wick. Oh, uh, you really have to get. You do you really have to get into that much detail with it, about it? Like, does it yes, really do. have to affect your body? Yes, I do. Right. Yes, it's it's that good. I mean, I mean, if you're if you if you have a fetish for action filmmaking, great action filmmaking, John Wick is it. It's where it's at. All right. Yeah. And uh, last headline here, uh, Black Widow will finally get her own Marvel standalone film. Uh, Marvel Studios has hired screenwriter Jack Schaefer to write the script for the as-of-yet untitled film. Uh, No release date or director has been announced yet. So the fans have been demanding it for years, and Scarlett Johansson, she's going to get her own Black Widow film. What you think? Good for her. Good for her. I I know Hawkeye wanted a Netflix series. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. That could actually work because I heard that his uh, his comic book is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did just get a recommendation about it uh, about it from Jim Savard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hey, I'll, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to a Black Widow film. Although I will say that you know it kind of reminds me of that Jennifer Lawrence film coming out in March, Red Sparrow, mm-hmm. where she plays a Russian agent, kind of similar to Black Widow. Okay. So. So when I watched that when I watched that trail, I'm like, damn, this is like a really big missed opportunity for Marvel. They could have released a Black Widow movie like right there, right there, yeah, yeah. But you know what it is because Marvel was becoming so powerful mm-hmm. that they can still do it. Oh yeah, and Red Sparrow won't even be missed. True, yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, so that does it for the news and headlines. And right now, we're going to get into uh, things that we're looking forward to the most this year in 2018, like movies we're looking forward to, video games, books, TV shows, wrestling, whatever. Anything that anything anything and everything under the sun, basically. All so right. albums. So yeah, Carl, we'll start off with you. Uh, what are some things that you're looking forward to uh later this year well i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down my brief list um i'll start off with movies so of course and you know next month will be black panther Mm -hmm. february 16th yeah oh god i cannot wait for that yeah i I need to get my coming to america gift ready for that one Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are actually like getting some african carbs ready just for that they should yeah um i actually heard that it's probably gonna break a billion you know what? It has potential to break a billion. It does. Like yeah. well, you got, you got your Marvel, your Marvel fans are mm-hmm. definitely gonna watch it just because the simple fact that it's a Marvel. Yep. Marvel, comic book fans alone. Mm-hmm. So regardless if it's Marvel or DC, they're gonna watch it anyways. Yep. And then people, and then the black community are definitely gonna support this movie because of how it represents the culture respectfully. Yep. Represents our culture, mm-hmm. the African diaspora. Exactly. So it's like theaters are gonna be packed. Oh yeah, and uh, and you know our 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 group, our, our little uh, Facebook chat group, the Black Alliance. We still got to get our tickets. So yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all I'm all for it. You know, um, and I'm hoping that it breaks a billion because this will actually prove. To, to stupid ass and racist ass studio executives that oh movies with a all black cast they don't they don't do well internationally piss off but it has the backing of the backing that it's a marvel movie yeah absolutely and with the backing of uh what's the, dope about what marvel's doing is like a lot of the characters that they're bringing in they're all like bc-less superheroes mm-hmm and with the MCU, they become A-list heroes. Yeah, which which actually makes their new comic book runs A-list too. Yeah, like exactly. Must yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and speaking of Black Panther, I do recommend uh, people to start to read um, the the trade paperback volume of A Nation Under Our Feet, which is written by Tana Hesse Coates. Mm-hmm. That's a really dope Black Panther story. Okay. Yeah, it was actually published last Don't year. You have a book? Yeah, um, yeah. Between, between the world and me. Yeah, between the world and me. Also written by Tana Hesse Coates. Yeah, so I didn't know he was doing comics too. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. He's into politics and comics. Yeah, he's he he's doing it. So yeah, I mean Black Panther. That's a big one. Um, I can't wait for that. I, I'll probably see it twice. It'll probably be the. You will definitely see it twice. Cause you're a jerk like that. How you're not am, gonna get. How am I a jerk? You're gonna go oh, just like you did for Star Wars. You uh-huh. watched it at nine in the morning. Yes, and then you went out with all of us. Well, like of... no, watch it all together and get the experience and experience it with everybody else at the same time. I still get the experience. No, nah, it's I not mean, the same. It's not the same. It, it is the same because let me tell you something right now. I wasn't gonna. I mean, you know me as a big Star Wars fan. I wasn't gonna wait until eight p.m. at night. You could have. You could have. You did the same shit for Civil War too. <laughs> I was. I was afraid of spoilers. Avoid, trust me, I can avoid, if I can avoid spoilers, especially with me being on so, and our, as our social media chair, mm. I'm on social media a lot. Yes, you are. So, like, if I can avoid them, you could definitely avoid them. 
Well, here's the thing. Like, I have Movie Pass, so I intend. Don't, don't mean so that doesn't mean nothing. That means you can still see it anytime. Well, I mean, you can only watch one free one movie a day, right? On with a Movie Pass card because it's nine ninety five a month. Mm-hmm. So I get to watch. I technically get to watch Black Panther for free in the morning, and then if I and then if we buy our tickets, right? Why don't you just watch it for free one time? That one time with us and save us, save yourself a little bit of money. That could that could go to your popcorn. Well, you don't. Well, eat. well, here's the thing. Well, here's no, the you thing. only eat your Trader Joe's caramel cheddar popcorn. Oh, stuff. and the olive oil popcorn. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's all you. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I'll, I mean, I'll probably watch Black Panther uh, twice. You definitely will. Um, but hey, it gives me more. It, it gives me more material for the podcast, so I can review it twice, give it more, you know, a closer look and all that. You know, it makes the discussion richer. I'm just doing my job for the podcast, man. No, all of a sudden you're doing your job for the podcast. No, yeah, just, just watch it once. Get the get the same experience with it. I'll, I'll get the experience just fine. But yeah, uh, yeah. Besides Black Panther, anything else you're looking forward um, to? Infinity Wars. Okay. I don't even know how. Well, yeah, I had to put them two on at top. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, ten, Infinity Wars—that's ten years in the making. Yes, it is. Man, ten years in the making. I was—I posted some of the pictures from uh, Vanity Fair's uh, MCU tenth anniversary shoot, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just like, wow, like that's that's ten years. I know, because like in May in May two thousand eight, that was Iron Man. Right. Oh, ten years. You know what they, and it, yo, that shit flies by. And how many movies? What thirteen, fourteen? No, about 18 at this point. Because Black Panther is going to be the 18th movie. Damn. I think. I, I could be wrong. I have, to, I have to recheck my count. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, 10 years in the making. That We're, we're going to see the conclusion of the MCU. Well, the beginning of the conclusion, rather. Because it's going to... Yeah, it's going to be two parts. It's going to be two parts. Yeah, so I just hope to see some death and destruction. Yeah, we already know. Joe was sick ass. Hey, man. You know what? Because all the most Marvel movies, they, as entertaining as they are, they do play it safe. So I hope that we see some major death. I think it will happen since a lot of the contracts are up. Mm-hmm. Just I'm My thing is, I'm just afraid of like who's going to be the ones to like replace them. I'm pretty sure they'll though. I'm yeah, I'm I'm confident in it with them at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's just still, you know, I'm like to, you know, Tony Iron Man resurrected Robert Downey Jr.'s career. It did. Thor jumpstart really jump started Chris Hemsworth's career. Yep. Um and so forth. Like I know I'm sure I know Mark Ruffalo had was, you know, doing his thing previously before that, but mm. it just really like gave it a boost. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um so forth with so many with so many other actors. Um Jeremy Renner. Yep. Oh yeah. And I know he's done some stuff before then, but I'm like I never really like heard of Jeremy Jeremy Renner before. Yeah, Jeremy before. Renner, like like for him, like his biggest success was the Hurt Locker. Okay. Which actually, I think, got him noticed by the Marvel producers right. to be Hawkeye. Yeah. So, I will. I will. You know. You know. Be funny though if um if like Chris Pratt's an action star now. Yeah, he dropped Mad Weight, got cut. Yeah. He was the fat dude on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Now he's a cut dude. Um, I will say though, like with um after like post Avengers four, I want to see how many racist fanboys lose their shit when they like replace like uh Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark with Riri Williams. Or a female Thor, 
or or Amadeus Cho as a new Hulk. Oh man, that would be such a glorious thing. I want Marvel to do that just to troll the shit yeah. out of racist fans. You know it not. And the then petty, you, the petty in me, yes. Yeah, and then you can have like Tom Holland because he'll be there. Yeah, he's gonna be there for. A yeah, while. so it'd be like, oh, he's shit. a good Spider-Man too. Yeah, like, oh shit, a new reality. Oh hi, black woman, Tony Stark. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to see how they, how they do that whole new reality universe. Like, if they use like, because they're gonna use some of the same characters, same actors from this universe, this right. timeline. So I wonder how they're gonna balance that. That's gonna be really because yeah, I know for one, I know one thing. Like, Reed Williams talks to like a hologram of Tony Stark. Mm. Yeah. So, but Tony Stark's still alive in the comics, though. As we, and yeah, yeah, okay. I think he's like in hiding or something. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so then next, um, Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, but one thing is, the movie's not gonna be just straight eighties. Mm. Remember, it's like you see, like it's just gonna be just nostalgia and all to all together. Yeah. So you'll see some, you know, some icons from the nineties, possibly the two thousands and stuff. So it's not gonna be like in the book where it's just like how you say, "Hey, this is from the eighties." This is from the 80s. This is from the 80s. Bring back the 80s. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to be that. So so yeah. I'm very interested to see how they do, you know, how they adapt that into, um, adapt that book into a movie. So, yeah. like I said, I still got to finish it. I think I'm probably about a good 10 chapters left. Okay. Yeah. Still got to, yeah, so you're almost there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's, the fact that it's pushed pushed forward two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And like and then just I like I have no idea what it's about. Me neither. And I'm like so so I just know we got Domino and Cable. Yep. And Josh Brolin's gonna cake up this year. Absolutely. This is the year of Brolin. Yep. Between Thanos and now K- and Cable. Mo money, mo money, mo, mo money. money. <laughs> yeah, Josh Brolin. He's having a hell of a year and well deserved because he's a terrific actor. And um, and you know what, you know Deadpool two, man, I I will not make the same mistake I did for the for the first Deadpool film. I will pre order the the Blu Ray Steel book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means I can't get your regular Blu Ray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, man, like it's gonna be interesting to seeing to seeing Deadpool two being released now that F- Disney owns Fox. So I don't know if this will be the well. Beginning. I know they're keeping that the way it is. Oh yeah, it's pretty much done. Yeah. So like I don't know if they're gonna if it's gonna be like the first film like a, in a separate line of like edgier R rated Marvel films. Yeah. So we'll see. They said they said that they're open to doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, much like Disney, because Disney did it with like um, Miramax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they, it's it's definitely possible. Yeah. So what do I got next? Incredibles two. Yeah, that's one of mine. Yeah. I so you that. parents leave them crying ass kids at home. Hmm. Yeah, June fifteenth. Brad Bird still directing. Oh, okay, there yep. we go. No relation. <laughs> and it takes and it takes place like right after the first film. So it took what ten years to pick up from the first film. That no, like fourteen years. It was that long. Yeah, because the first one came in two thousand four. Wow. Yeah, and they still have the same cast: Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter. I think they. I think I believe they have the same uh, actors as the kids, but they're older now. So I, I think so. Yo, it's just like a smooth continuation, and I think Samuel L. Jackson's still gonna be in it too. Uh, that'll be so dope. <laughs> be yeah. So dope. Um, next, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp. 
Yeah. Now, because I'm more interested to seeing like where does that fall into the um, into the MCU timeline because it's coming mm. out after um, Infinity Wars. Yeah. So I don't know if it's gonna be like a prequel. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm guessing. Mm. And plus, I hear it's gonna be more more like a romantic comedy. Which, cool. Which, uh, Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, and her, her Wasp costume looks dope, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah it does. Uh, what's next I got? Tom Hardy as Venom. Mm. I'm really interested to see in how they do that. Is it going to be rated R? Do you know? Yes, it will do be rated R. There you go. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is like the, the Venom film is going to be in Sony's uh, separate yeah. Spider-Verse, so it's not going to be part of the MCU. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, Tom Hardy is a, a great actor, too. So, like, him as Eddie Brock, hmm, that's going to be real dope. I want to see how they do the Dark Phoenix. Hmm. Because, remember, I watched it as, you know, on the animated series as a kid. Yep. It's one of the most memorable, like, series growing up. Yep, absolutely it was. So, to transition that to, you know, to film, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be set in the 90s because, as everybody knows... I'm a child of the 90s. Yeah, you are. Take a shot every time Carl says that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to, I don't know, I'm very interested to see how they do that. I mean, hopefully it won't be as bad as Apocalypse. You know, I still never finished Apocalypse. Yeah, you're not missing anything. I know that. Yeah. I, I feel like it, I feel like it's I have to, but it's just like, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember liking it when I first watched it, but then like, it's one of those movies where you think back on it and it's like, like oh, wow, that was pretty bad, like how I yeah. am with Iron Fist. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you kind of defended it for a while right on this show. I don't remember the exact episodes, but... Yeah, I did when it first came out. I'm like, oh, this is enjoyable. I don't see what's wrong with it. But then when I really thought about it, I'm like, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. So then um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, what's that? The Wreck-It Ralph sequel. Oh, I haven't seen the first one yet. You'll like it based off the video game cameos, and it's just like, you know, it's an animated movie about video games, so it's just a fun, it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It, it does look fun. Yeah, so yeah. definitely watch the first one before you before you do that, if you decide to watch it. Okay. And then last for the movies, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, December. Yep. That's... Yo, multiple Spider-Mans in one, mm-hmm. including Miles Morales. Yeah. It's animated, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I, I like the animation style. It looks kind of dope. Yeah, it's, yeah it just, I, I can't, it, it's just different to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Four-part Age of Apocalypse episodes were the best movie didn't live up to the cartoon. <clears throat> Definitely. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely yeah, true. Age Nick. of Apocalypse was good, too. Yeah. Or a choppy '90s animation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as as much as I like the X Men cartoon, like that animation style by today's standards is rough. Yeah, it's you rough to look yeah, at. Yeah, you can't. Because remember, I remember reviewing um, when I revisited um, the Spawn the animated series mm-hmm. when HBO now put it on their app, and it was just like god awful. But the writing was still so good. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I remember seeing um, the. Spawn uh, DVD series, the HBO animated series, and like a, a Best Buy bargain bin for like ten bucks. I really wish you could have bought it for me, and I would have reimbursed you. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought about eh, should I buy it? Nah, I'm good. I really <clears> wish <throat> you would have bought that for me. Yeah, just because like you know, Spawn's my Spawn is my all time favorite superhero. Oh wow! So I'm and plus I'm still I'm still amazed that they're still producing new new issues. Like it's yeah. still an ongoing series. Yeah, 
Wow. I, I thought it, I thought it had been canceled. That's that's what I thought too because I did fall off the comic book at on the comic book tip for a little while, and then once I got I got the spawn was it one fifty was it one fifty mm-hmm. yeah the one fifty issue one fifty yeah. or two fifty I gotta go I have to go back in my collection and look yeah I, I'm really really like shocked shocked that they were still going I just know for a fact that Al Simmons is not is no longer spawn oh really it's yeah a- so I want so I got I need to like try to fi- you know try to find those issues and see what happened to them oh, okay nice. So yeah, that's what I got in movies. Any other ones that you have in mind? Because I'm sure I named like a lot of them. Um, for movies, uh, my list is uh, uh, well, we we both have The Incredibles two on there. Um, yeah, but, like I said, leave them crying ass kids at home. Yeah, man. Um, for me, I have uh, I have some movies on my list that I'm re- really looking forward to this year. Some interesting ones. Uh, one one movie that I'm looking forward to is coming out in March 23rd. It's called Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a the new uh, stop motion animated film by Wes Anderson. All right, and it's it's a really cool cool looking movie. It's like it's kind of set in a, a dystopian future in Japan, where like all these dogs have been quarantined on this island uh, off the coast of Japan, and there's like five dogs, and like they're voiced by Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Sounds like an interesting cast. It's an it's animated. Yep. Yeah, that's an interesting voice cast. It is, it is, and um, and I, I, I've always been a big fan of Wes Anderson, and like this is a second animated feature, uh, following a Fantastic Mr. Fox with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. So I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, yo, this is really dope. I am definitely gonna check this out. So Isle of Dogs, that's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, another movie that I'm really looking forward to is coming out June 29th. Uh, I talked about it uh, when AWOL was here. Uh, Sicario Two. Okay, I remember you talking about that. Yep, Soldado, also starring Josh Brolin. He was in the first film, and Benicio Del Toro. This dude is kicking up. Yeah, uh, uh, this film, um, it has a different director, so it's not Denis Villeneuve. Um, It's directed by Stefano Salima, who's an Italian filmmaker, but it's also written by Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote the first Sicario, and it's got a good cinematographer behind it, Darius Wolski, who filmed um, uh, Prometheus. And you know this this film looks really interesting. Um, it, it looks it looks to be like just as dark, if not darker, than the first film. And if you've seen the first Sicario film, which I recommend, yo, that shit gets dark as fuck at the end. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But it really makes me wonder if there's stuff if there's people in your basement when you do that. Shout out to Furman. You cannot silence the sweet serenade of screams. So anyway, yeah, um, Sicario Two. I'm really looking forward to. Um, it, it does seem it does seem to have like a really uh, um, a hard edge um, that continuing from the first film, like basically Mexican drug cartels funding terrorists and bringing them into the states, and so it looks like it looks to be like a, a just as uh, just as uh, as bleak and as morally dark as the first film, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, were, were you calling the you, you, you you're not calling the police, are you, Carl? Could be. Maybe, maybe so, maybe no. <laughs> oh my 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 knives will have a feast tonight. Anyway, um, <clears throat> who said that? Uh, <laughs> I just love creeping you out, man. <laughs> Trust me, I ain't the only one you're creeping out. Hey, man, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all trying to get on me. Furman started with that creepy meme. Hey, man, I just, I'm just, I'm just giving y'all what the people want. Um, 
one movie that I'm really, really looking forward to, and it's coming out this fall, and it's, it's a new film directed by Spike Lee, and it's called Black Klansman. It's not the Clayton Bigsby, Bigsby story. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, actually, it's actually based on a true story. Uh, Black Klansman. Oh, my God. It's based on the true story of this detective named Ron Stallworth, in 19, who in 1979, mm-hmm. he was, a, he was a, a detective in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and he actually infiltrated the local chapter of the KKK and eventually became the head of that chapter. But he was black. Yeah. I don't know how that worked. I don't know how he managed to do it, but um, I, I'm going to watch this movie and find out. You think that could have been the inspiration for Clayton's Big Clayton Bixby? It very well could have. I don't know, but yo, Black Klansman sounds. It sounds like it sounds too crazy to be true, but it actually apparently is a real life story. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna Google search it. I'm, I'm gonna doing that right now. Yeah, I'm going on Wikipedia. What's the guy, what's the guy's name? Ron Stallworth, S T A L L Worth, <clears throat> and the movie stars John David Washington, who actually plays the the character Ron Stallworth, and John David Washington. He's actually the son of the great one of the greatest actors of all time, Big Denzel. How you spell that? Uh, Ron uh, Stallworth, S T A L L W O R T H. Um, yeah. So, uh, so the son of Denzel Washington, uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna play the main character, as well as Adam Driver, Topher Grace, Corey Hawkins. Uh, Laura- I haven't seen Corey Hawkins since Walking Dead when he mysteriously disappeared, and he hasn't been on the show since. Oh shit! He has disappeared. I don't know if he died or, or something. Um, he was on Twenty Four Legacy, but I haven't watched right. that. Yeah. Did they? Did they cancel that? No, I think it was only like one and done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Laura Harrier is in it. Uh, Laura Harrier, you may remember her. She was um, uh, Peter Parker's love interest in Spider Man Homecoming. Liz. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, the movie will be produced by Jordan Peele. So a Jordan Peele Spike Lee team up. I love it. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like really be good. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Black Klansman, yo. And it's a true story. I, I got I got I gotta read the true account too, because that sounds way too crazy to be true. But unfortunately, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Um another movie that I'm looking forward to is uh First Man, which is a, a new movie by Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land and Whiplash. Uh this is a this is a biopic of Neil Armstrong. And uh, Ryan Gosling will be playing Neil Armstrong. And the movie also stars Claire Foy, Corey Stoll, and John Bernthal. To go back to Black Klansman, yeah. that's going to be a remake. A remake? Yeah. Like, I found the Wikipedia article that there was a movie that was originally released in 1966 under the name I Crossed the Color Line. Mm-hmm. And it was set during the Civil Rights Movement. The film tells the story of African American. American played by Richard Gildon, who disguised himself as a white man to join the KKK to seek revenge on clan members who killed his daughter. Oh, that's another. That's a different black black Klansman. Oh, okay. um, the Spike Lee one. It's a it's, it's a true story that took place in 1979. Oh, okay. Yeah, about the detective who became the head of the KKK chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, first man I'm looking forward to because I loved La La Land, and I'm looking to see what Damien Chazelle can bring to the table with a biopic. Um. 
uh, Damien Chazelle, he's actually the youngest winner of the Best Director Oscar, 32 years old. And this is his follow-up to that film, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, First Man, Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. Hey, I'm there. Comes out October 12th. Um, another movie I'm looking forward to is coming out this fall. Um, it's a, the Barry Jenkins follow-up to his Oscar-winning film Moonlight, which you still have to see. Phenomenal film. Yeah. Um, uh, Barry Jenkins' n- next film is called If Beale, If If Beale Street Could Talk, and uh, that movie it's based on uh, one of um, James Baldwin's novels. And it's a movie. It's about this uh, a couple. Uh, they they fall in love. They get engaged. They have their first child. Um, it's this couple named uh, Fanny and Tish. And uh, the guy Fanny, he's uh, falsely accused of rape and he's falsely imprisoned, which leads uh, Tish and her dysfunctional family to uh, take up the cause of liberating him from a corrupt uh, cr- uh, criminal justice system. And uh, the film stars Stephen James. Uh, Stephen James, he starred in the, the miniseries Shots Fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiki Lane's in it, Tiana Paris, Regina King, Coleman Domingo. Um, James Laxon's going to be the cinematographer. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk, Barry Jenkins, he's a great filmmaker. Medicine for Melancholy is dope. Moonlight's phenomenal. Uh, if, you're, if, you, if you have Amazon Prime, then you can watch that streaming for free. Um, and if and if you have Netflix, I believe Medicine for Melancholy is on Netflix too. So, okay. yeah, I'm looking really looking forward to that film. Uh, other film I'm looking forward to is Widows, and Widows is the uh, upcoming film by Steve McQueen, who directed Twelve Years a Slave. All right. Uh, Steve, and this movie comes out November nineteenth. It's actually a, a remake of the uh, of a British TV series in the 1980s. And Widows is about this a group of uh, professional criminals. They're all murdered on this like heist gone wrong. So all the so all these all these uh these uh hi- these criminals' wives they actually take up their they actually take their place and actually fit, try to finish what their husband started. So they actually become criminals themselves and pull off this big heist that their husbands tried to pull off. Uh, what I really like is that the cast the cast is pretty strong. It's got Viola Davis. Liam Neeson, Michelle Rodriguez, Colin Farrell, Daniel Kaluuya, for who was who started in Get Out, uh, John Bernthal again, Andre Holland from Moonlight, Jackie Weaver, and this movie is co-written by uh, Steve McQueen and uh, Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl. Wow! Yeah, just the cast alone seems pretty powerful. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 there. Like a heist movie by Steve McQueen, I am there. Um, I'm surprised Michael Fassbender is not in it because he's been a a collaborator of Steve McQueen's as well. So maybe well, he did make Assassin's Creed. And have he really? Has he been in anything since? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been in Steve Jobs. Um, after Assassin's Creed, I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs was before Assassin's Creed. Yeah, you're right. It was before. Um, he was in X Men Apocalypse, which was after Assassin's Creed. Um, oh man, what was he in? I really haven't heard much from him since. No, he was he was in. Was he was probably just kind of under the radar. Oh, he was in this. He was in the movie of the Snowman, which came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which didn't get really, which got pretty terrible reviews from what I read. Didn't you go see that? Uh, I didn't see it, and Jim Savard saw it. He said it was. Yeah, good. I thought you went. To, I thought you went with him to go see that. Oh no, because I was in Houston at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And the last movie that I'm looking forward to is uh, Mortal Engines, which comes out December 14th. And that's that's a movie based on, a, I think, a series of novels. It's like a post-apocalyptic steampunk uh, uh, fantasy film where, where entire cities 
have been mounted on wheels and they're like traveling cities and um, they all kind of like prey upon each other. And the movie is actually written by Peter Jackson, uh, Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens, the team that wrote all, all three Lord of the Rings movies. And it's directed by Christian Rivers, who um, this is going to be his directorial debut. I think he, he was one of the special effects uh, artists on, on the Lord of the Rings films. So Mortal Engines, have you seen the trailer for that? No, I haven't. Oh, you should. It, it looks really interesting. Yeah. I'm really trying to think if I have. Yeah, so it's basically, it's basically like kind of like Mad Max, but like like think of like a whole bunch of like big cities like stacked on top of each other like on wheels, and they're all fighting each other. It's a weird concept, but it looks yeah, dope. It uh, <clears throat> was okay, bro. Two, said two to three out of five. Um, are you ref- are you referring to the snowman? That's Nick? what I'm. That's what I'm guessing he is. Yeah. So um so yeah I'm, those are the movies I'm really looking forward to uh, this year so yeah I'm, I'm kind of amped. It's pretty pretty interesting list. Yeah you know okay kind of kind of got a hunt for the, like the the good stuff. But. All right. Um next up is video games at least for me. Oh yeah. Okay. Um you want to go first? Uh yeah I'll go first. All right. Um let's see one one game's coming out soon January twenty sixth uh, Monster Hunter World. Uh, that the game does look really interesting. I heard nothing but good things about the Monster Hunter series. Actually, yeah, both our lists we can go back to back because both our lists are very short. Yeah, um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It kind of has like that Dark Souls type vibe. But only the difference is like you're hunting down monsters and you gotta like it's kind of strategic. You gotta get the right resources, weapons, and armor, and like you gotta each 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 monster is different. So it's it's kind of it kind of looks really really interesting. I heard like I said, I heard a lot of good things about it. Like people who have uh, been fans of the series like with the Nintendo consoles they've been playing it um, and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it brings to the table alright um, also coming out on January 26th so I'll be in GameStop that day as well okay you already I can tell by the look in your face you already know what it is I think the so the game I've been looking forward to for since E3 and what game is that <sighs> the beautiful Illustrious mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, geez. And I've been watching and um, I've been tuning in a little bit here and there. Xavier Woods has been playing it oh. on Up, Up, Down, Down. That shit is fire. Is your body ready for Dragon Ball Z fighters? Not to the level that you describe it, but I'm definitely ready for the game. Now. I- yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. I am definitely ready for the game. Just like it's a a two D. I've always been a fan of two D fighting games. That's pretty yeah. much what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. But like the graphic, the graphics alone. Um, I can I know there's a beta out. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just. I don't even want to play the beta because I'm like, I want to get. Well, we're, that's supposed to be the game. The game for our next Freddy Cup, I believe. Mm-hmm. Unless Freddy has something up his sleeve that we don't know about. Okay. But, like, first of all, I'm a Dragon Ball fan. Oh, yeah. Always been. So, um, I never really got into, like, the the previous Dragon Ball fighting games. Mm. They just, I couldn't really handle the mechanics that well. Yeah. But I think with this one, I'm just, like, I'm just, I, I just can't, words cannot des- describe how excited I am for it. Yeah, I mean, I know you, uh, Aris, Aris, and Furman. Furman. The whole entire crew is ready. Yeah, I mean, every week, Ar- without fail, Aris and Furman, yo, did you hear about that DBZ game? Yes. 
I mean, I, I like I said, it looks like it will not disappoint from what you were kind of hoping for. I mean, it, it, I mean, hey, it, it looks dope. It looks absolutely it gorgeous, it and is. it's actually three on three fighting. I believe so. Yeah. Hey, even better. I mean, I'll, hey, I'll give it a shot. And hey, whenever uh, Freddy uh, uh, hosts the next Freddy Cup, I'll be there and I'll ch- and I'll check it out because it it does look it does look. Are great. you gonna comp- participate? Because you're not necessarily a fighting game type. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I've I recently borrowed Second Seven again from you, as well as Injustice Two. Right. So I'm starting to get into those games, and I actually am looking forward to the next Soul Calibur game. So there's That's that. Actually, that is also on my list. Oh, nice Soul, Soul Calibur Four. Four. Yeah. I thought it was six. I, be- I always thought it was four. No, it's definitely six. Six? Well, yeah. whatever it is, I am definitely... I haven't played a Soul Calibur game in years. Mm. So yeah. I think like the last one I played was... For PlayStation, it was Spawn- It was um Heihachi. Yeah, that was Soul Calibur 2. Two, yeah. And then, yeah. The, and then for Xbox, it was Spawn. Mm-hmm. Me being a PlayStation guy, I always been. I always loved Tekken, Tekken as well. Yeah, I'm a huge Tekken fan. So I never, unfortunately, I never got a chance to play play with Spawn. Mm-hmm. And I'm disappointed in myself, me being a Spawn fan and all. Yep. So like, but with this, I I try not to look at like too much into it because I I want I still would like to be surprised. Yeah. So, but like. If it's gonna be like any reminiscent of the previous Soul Calibur games, I'm all I'm all in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've been lately. I've been thinking. I've been I've been thinking about playing Soul Calibur two again. Why not for the PS two? Like if I can track down a copy, because I haven't played any of the uh, PS three games, like three and four mm-hmm. or five. So which I heard I heard those are those are pretty decent too. So I've I've always liked the Soul Calibur games. I remember when it first came out, of Soul Soul Edge, the yeah. first game. Yeah, so so wow, that's a long time ago. Man. Yeah, so I mean, it's a fighting game series I could get behind for sure. All right, so what you got next? Uh, my next game is uh, coming out this year. Detroit, Detroit become, become human. human. Also on my list. Yeah, I have no idea what the story is about. Yeah, it's about um. Oh, apparently I, I got this. I got the story synopsis from um, um. I believe it's The Verge or what? Some some list article. Mm-hmm. It says that the plot revolves around three androids. Uh, one is named Kara, who escapes the facility she was made in, uh, and she she discovers that she discovers her own self awareness. Mm-hmm. So it kind of deals with her. Also deals with another android named Connor, whose job it is to hunt down uh, androids like himself, and uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus who devotes himself to uh, releasing androids from their imprisonment or servitude, and. Um, just like Heavy Rain or Indigo Prophecy, the game kind of depends on like what choices you make, what dialogue options you choose, and kind of changes like the the narrative, the flow of the story. Looks it, it looks really impressive though. Yeah, it does. Like when they re- they re- revealed that, not this not this past year, but the Yo, yeah, E3 before, before that, and I yeah. was already like shut up and take my money. Yep. Yeah, cause like um, because I, I, mean, I really like Qu- Quantic Dreams games. Like, like, have you played Heavy Rain? No, I haven't. Heavy Rain, it's it's definitely an interesting, interesting concept. Like it's like um whole uh, whole like uh, story of like kidnapping, like how far would you go to save your child? And like mm-hmm. the whole movie whole movie well kind of plays like a movie, like it's a whole game you play as four different characters and like whatever like story choices you, you options you choose, like dialogue options or like whatever choices you make, it, it dictates like how the story ends. 
So you can like play it in many different ways and get many different endings, just like this game, Detroit Become Human. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, seeing like I'll, I'll, I'll probably play it like like two or three times to see like just to see all the different endings and whatnot, all the different directions of the story. Damn. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. So what you got next? Uh, next is a uh, God of War. That's on my list too. Yeah, man. Yo, Kratos, Norse mythology. Enough said. Exactly. Exactly. Yo. The previous God of War games have been hits. Yeah. Yeah, like um like I've I love the first two God of War games. God of War three was really fun, although the story was kind of it kind of like got a little too ridiculous. I do want to visit I do want to revisit the first three God of War games. I think they have a like compilation game. Yeah, they do. For, yeah, they do for, for the PS four. I think for the PS3 and PS4, oh, okay. yeah, they have compilations of like all the, like the th- the main three games and yeah. like the two for the PS Vita. Oh, okay, I I just learned that there was a PS Vita Uncharted game, or PSP. PSP, like, excuse me. Yeah, I think it was Golden Abyss or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah, it was like a prequel to the first Uncharted game. I well, I feel like I'm missing out on the story. Nah, you're good. Probably, yeah. but still, I became a fan of that game. Yeah. I st- franchise. Yeah. You know, since now that I've just beaten uh, Nier Automata finally, awesome game, by the way, I can actually concentrate on playing Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Dude, you'll get through that in two days. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, God of War, man. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, originally they were thinking about doing uh, God of War based on Egyptian mythology. Really? Yeah. But they decided to do go with Norse instead. Because with Egyptian mythology, there are like so many other like things people individuals you could focus on they'll kind of like distract from kratos right whereas North, norse mythology you can focus more on him but hey i'm looking forward to that like kratos versus odin or versus thor Oof. yeah imagine if that's in freaking god of war for <laughs> yeah man i'm i'm yeah i'm 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 ready for god of war my next one it's my last one so let me just i'll interject with you yeah the new spider-man game Yes, an open yes. world Spider-Man game. Like I probably won't even like. There'll be so many times where I'll just lose track and just swing around New York like I ain't got nothing else better to do in my life. Hey man, that's the dream. I, I remember Spider-Man Two for the PS2 had that same concept. Oh man, something yeah. like that is definitely overdue. Yeah, and Miles is in it. Oh, that's right, he is. From one of the trailers that came out. I, I think it was one of the E three trailers. It had to been, yeah. Yeah. Open world Spider Man game. It looks dope too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's coming out this summer, I believe. Oh my god. Yo. Yo. I know I know what I'm doing in this summer. So Yeah. Yeah, Spider Man, it looks great. Insomniac games, they're a really good developer, so yo. From even even from that footage we just saw of of that game, we're expecting dope things. Exactly. Swinging off helicopters, skyscrapers, through billboards. Kingpins in it. Yep, running up the side of buildings. What? Yeah, that's what a Spider-Man game should be. Well, Maximum Carnage was dope back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that and a separation anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those games. Um, yeah, I got a few other games on my list. Uh, Metro Exodus. All right. Yep, it's coming out this fall. Um, it's got a, um, it's got some, it's got a little bit more. Uh, some more sandbox elements to it, which I'm looking forward to exploring. And plus, the gaming the game takes place over the course of one year, so it's like it takes place in like um, post apocalyptic Russia. So it's so it's got like a dynamic weather system. So like depending on the day and the time of the year in, in game, like 
different enemies might come out or different conditions you got to deal with. So it does it does sound like really intriguing. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I have the first uh, Metro Redux for the PS4, which has the first two games, which you should definitely check out. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two coming out this spring. Uh, yeah, yeah, coming out this spring. Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the first Red Dead Redemption game is one of my all-time favorite games for the PS3. Dope story. Um, this one, even though it's a prequel, it just looks so good that this is one prequel I do want to do want to jump in and you know explore. Um, and Rockstar Studios, they're always put out consistent quality, no matter what. Um, the Last of Us Part Two, of course, it might possibly come out next year in 2019. But yo, I really want Last of Us Part Two to come out because yo, that's one of my the first game. That is one of your favorites. Huh? Oh yeah, one of my all time favorite games. And you know, Part Two just looks so impressive. Um, if it's just as good as Part One, I'd be satisfied. But if it's even better, yo, take me to video game church, son. <laughs> um, one game that I'm really looking forward to, though, uh, is coming out later this year. It's called Vampire. Um, have you have you seen any footage of it? Mm-mm. It looks really really cool. Um, you play Who's developing. Uh, Don't Nod Entertainment. Okay. Yeah, it's coming out for the PS4, and uh, it's a game where it's like it's like an open world game. It takes place in like Victorian Victorian era London. All right. And you play as a guy who's a who's a doctor who's been bitten by a vampire, and throughout the game, like. He has to deal with his bloodlust, so you have to go around like killing people, either like sucking their blood, or you can actually play through the whole game without killing anybody, like be a total pacifist. But if you do that, by the end of the game, you'll have so little experience that like it'll be very hard for you to finish the game. So like as you're going around London, you have to determine, okay, I have to, I have to like to survive. I have to like suck people's blood to sustain myself. So do you kill innocent people or? What you do is you can ask, you can actually talk to people, follow them around, see what they're about, like see if this person's like good enough to spare to keep alive, or or, or bad enough to that to bad enough to kill. Like oh. in a way, it kind of makes you want to like play the game twice. Just go ahead, just start killing people, just killing people and stuff, and go yeah. through the game like that. Or you can actually say, you know what, I'm gonna try to do it. You yeah. know, try to challenge yourself and actually do it without killing people. Yeah, and you know. You know, making it making it just much more harder for yourself. Yeah. And actually trying to say, you know what, maybe I can actually try to beat this game like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and plus I, I can see you doing that, but you probably nah. I mean, I'll probably I'll probably like do a, like a balance, like I kill a few people here and there just to like get ahead a little. But I wonder if there's like maybe maybe alternatives to like to like getting blood, like maybe like you kill animals or if like you go to like blood banks or suppositories or whatever yeah they probably would have that yeah or something something like that but but it sounds like a really interesting concept and it's i think it's coming out maybe later this year in the fall it's vampire with a y v-a-m-p-y-r okay so that's what i'm looking forward to uh probably the most so so hopefully hopefully it turns out great because it sounds like a really unique concept for a game all right and uh, last but not least, it's coming out this May, May 25th, Dark Souls Remastered. You've always been a fan of that franchise. I have, like more so Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have Dark Souls 3, which I'm still playing every now and then. But I haven't, I haven't played the first two games. But um, apparently From Software has remastered the first game in the series. So hey, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, I mean, if hopefully, hopefully it takes like Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3's engine and kind of transfers it to the first game then i'll be more like in tune to play it all right 
Yeah. So those are the games I'm looking forward to. Oh, and also one more, one more. I almost forgot. It's a, it's a Souls-like game, but it's also made by Bandai Namco Studios. Okay. Code Vein. Go yeah. ahead, elaborate. Uh, Code Vein. It's like a it's a game that's gameplay wise. It's similar to Dark Souls, and it kind of takes place in like a post apocalyptic post apocalyptic version of the world. Where basically, like monsters like roam the streets, mm-hmm. and it kind of has like a anime visual style, like as far as like their character models are concerned. So as yeah, so you're, you're walking around, you have different like big swords, weapons. You level up your character, kind of sim- kind of very similar to a Dark Souls game. Yeah. So it's. So I'm really looking forward to that one too, because that 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 one really catches my attention. That's actually coming out later this year. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's it. That's, that's it on my it. end. Yeah, I'm all set for mine. So, um, ready for question of the week? Yes, I am. All right. So last week's question of the week was, what was the worst superhero movie of all time? Mm. And uh, okay, we just got a few. <laughs> just got a few in. Okay. Um, mostly for our Instagram, we got. All right, for our Instagram, no snapback says the Hulk with Eric Banner. That was actually on last night. Oh, wow. And I didn't even bother to watch it. Yeah, didn't age well, I can tell you that. (laughs) Only two, but nah, didn't age well at all. Mm -mm. Like probably a year or two when we were done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Excuse me, Phoenix Horizon says, Phoenix Horizon 614 says Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Same as mine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Jim Savard says, Ghost Rider 2, the very first Fantastic Four, mm. and Batman and Robin. Yeah. AKA Bat Nipples. Yep. Batman and Robin is unwatchable. All right. The resident supervillain, John Aponic, says, mm-hmm. You'd probably expect me to say Thor 2 or Iron Man 2. While Batman and Robin was awful, it was hilarious. Recently showed Jessica Concussion, the basketball scene from Catwoman for a laugh. Instead, it was awkward, bad, and a reminder of how painful this film truly is. <laughs> yeah. So is, is Catwoman? Yeah. That basketball scene was... Oof. Didn't even make it to that part. Yeah. I, I suffered the indignity of watching that whole film, man. So it was the cell with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Yeah. And then Jessica Concussion says, Electra. But all the previous comments worked too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard Electra was not very good either. Okay. So I didn't even bother watching it. Me neither. I was I was so mortified with Daredevil mm-hmm. that I was like, Yep. Yeah. I'm not even gonna give it a shot. Yeah. So this week's question of the week. Who was your favorite unappreciated hero? Mm, favorite unappreciated hero. Man, I got to really think about that one. Um, I would have to go with the Rocketeer. Oh, okay. Rocketeer was an interesting character that never just really got love. Mm. Yeah, that was a that was a cool movie. It was for what? It was like 90 I think 90? It was 1990, 1991, something like yeah. that around that time. Yeah, I do remember I do remember the Super Nintendo game. Exactly, like, yeah, I was very little by then, but mm-hmm. he had a little jetpack. So whenever I had put my book back on, I had a crazy imagination as a kid. I, <laughs> I became the Rocketeer. Yeah, and you gotta admit his mat, his helmet was pretty cool too. It was, it was. 
You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing a Rocketeer reboot. Me neither. Yeah. Let's somebody get on that. It could be a Netflix series too, or on a streaming platform. Something. I would settle for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, 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 a series would run its course really fast, though. Yeah. Kind of. Well, kind of. I think within this day and age. Well, it kind of depends. Like maybe maybe let's say like you did like maybe like three seasons, like six episodes each. Okay, that could work. Yeah. Um, or possibly animated. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, even better, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, unappreciated hero, I'm going to go with The Phantom. I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I knew it. Yo, the, the Phantom. I mean, it's a, he's a really good superhero, especially like my favorite iteration of The Phantom is Phantom 2040. Right. Yeah. And also, I, I do, I really appreciate the Billy Zane movie from 96. <laughs> it's, it's a good movie, people. Go watch The Phantom with Billy Zane. 96, also starring Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's a fun 90s adventure movie. Is Billy movie. Zane still making movies? Like, direct-to-video joints oh, okay. at best. Yeah. I think he, he peaked with the Titanic, and then that was it. Yeah, that's all I remember him from. Yeah. But really y- remember him from. Yeah. But yeah, The Phantom, man. Find if you can find the Blu-ray, which I think it's out of print. It's like thirty something bucks, but if but the DVD is readily available. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that'll be on our uh, social medias within a day or two. Um, also, you can email you can uh, email us your answers at cortexpinepodcast at gmail dot com. Word. And uh, you can find us everywhere else: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook iTunes, leave us a five-star review. SoundCloud, Google Play. Mm-hmm. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, we got some yeah, big things on the horizon. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, all, as always, tune in next week. We're going ha- to bring some uh, more podcast hot fire for y'all. Um, also, the week after, um, which is the January 20-something or other. Let me see. Let's, let's bring up the calendar real quick. The week after is the 30th. Yep, the 30th. We'll be talking about WrestleMania. Uh, not WrestleMania. Royal Rumble, which is the road to WrestleMania. Yes. So we talking about... And uh, returning guest, everyone's favorite, Adrian Price, will be back for that one. Yes, he will be back um, where we will, we, will disagree, we will agree to disagree on Roman Reigns. Yeah, you definitely um, will. <laughs> um, let's see. Speaking of which, real quick on the Royal Rumble, who do you predict will win the men's Royal Rumble? You know who I actually have my money on? The Miz. Mm. The Miz. I mean, he's had a dope 2017. Exactly. Like, why not keep that momentum going? You know, that's that's a that's a good choice. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with either either Shinsuke Nakamura, so he can face Styles, or Finn Balor. But Shinsuke, Shinsuke is gonna be what everybody wants that they're not gonna give him. Yeah, watch the Royal Rumble turn heel for like what the fifth year in a row. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as far as the women's Royal Rumble, Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, it, it only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with a Ronda with a Ronda Rousey, like cameo. Oh yeah, yeah, indeed. But but yeah, uh, we'll be talking about about that as well as um, I think there's going to be a takeover pay per view as I well. I believe so too. So. Yep. So if there's a takeover uh, pay per view during Royal Rumble weekend, we'll talk about that too on the thirtieth. But right. uh, next week, like I said, we'll bring some more nerd hot culture, hot nerd culture goodness. You know, you know, you, you know, we, we 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 do it big. We do it big. So exactly. once again, you know, we thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.